All right. <laughs> You're the worst. I am not the worst. <laughs> Your jokes are the worst. Okay. <laughs> Brat is the worst. Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for what seems like an eternity, and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. And this week, we are talking about something that no matter what ministry you're in, you have to contend with the fact that you have to share space and what is the best use of space in the parish, and all that stuff. Chris, you want to introduce us? Yeah, so I really feel like Star Trek did the best in regards to exploration of space, but in regards to use and stewardship of space, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for you to literally vomit because of my dad jokes that are just coming out the ears. Just okay. so you guys know, before we started recording, Chris dropped three awful dad jokes, and now he's starting the podcast with one. Come on. You warned, You're you killing me, me Smalls. Up. And that was, that was literally the best of the, the four that I attempted. Okay, so in regards to use of space, we talk about stewardship of space, unleashing it to the community, unleashing it to the parish, unleashing it to rentals, all these different pieces, right? So in youth ministry, what if, uh, what if we uh, scratch a wall or what if we scuff the floor? All these different pieces of how do we go ahead and honor our space? And then, is it okay for someone to come and do, hey, we're going to talk about wellness and fitness, and we have, you know, 400 people that showed up, so the only spot we can can do this in is the sanctuary. It's the only thing big enough. Is that appropriate use of space? So what is the, the use of space, which is appropriate, what's inappropriate, and what needs kind of uh, rethinking? Well, and, and what, what different... So think about this first, as far as within the church... I mean, we're not going to be able to name them all, but what different types of groups are using spaces? Right. So we have, you know, ministerial. Yeah. But with within ministerial, there's a number of different. There's a sacramental formation, right, which I would say takes priority. Um, but does it take priority over bereavement, right? Because there's groups that, that meet to plan funerals and, and things of that nature. Um, we also have, uh, you know, a different like Marian groups or adult Bible studies. And and then there's also uh, childhood development. A lot of parishes have like a Mother's Day Out program or an early childhood, early childhood development center, ECDC. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you can have like the scouting. Hold on. Hold on. That, that acronym sounds a lot cooler than it is. It sounds ECDC? a lot like ACDC, <laughs> but it's not. Next on stage is ECDC. <laughs> Everyone cheers and these scared kids just walk up. Yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. So then, then you have the, the scouting, or, or maybe just uh, community groups that might not have a religious kind of tone to it, but definitely, I mean, exploring nature, I think, yep. is something that, that that God is glorified by, or stewarding nature. You it's, know, it's it's funny how you just distilled the scouting down to exploring nature. <laughs> That's all it is. Well, <laughs> hold on. For the record, I didn't say. The scouting. I'm talking about scouting in general. There's lots of different types of scouting. <laughs> anyway, so you got Knights of Columbus. You've got. Um, do you know what Age Managers is? What Age Managers? Yeah, I have no idea. I just know that they meet every Thursday at St. Joseph in the back, and they announce it at the pulpit every week. I have no idea what it is. Anyway, 
Um, you've got other, so you've got different age groups as well. So you'll have, you know, young groups meeting. You'll have, well, you won't have a lot of young adults meeting, <laughs> not right now where the church is. Right. And then, and then you'll have uh, older groups meeting. And you'll have potentially uh, wedding receptions, different fancier events, um, stuff like that. And so when you have this mixed use of a space, it's, uh, I feel like it's got to be really hard to manage that and make everyone happy, right? Because let's say you have a youth group in there, and now I've, I said this before we recorded, I've never been in a youth group who didn't mess a space up, at least at some point, it, never on purpose. And never just out of complete negligence. Well, I wouldn't say never. Um, most of the time, not out of complete ne- negligence. But then, like, when we do that, when that happens, and then there's a wedding reception in there the next day, then that, you're, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to make the people that have the wedding reception there very happy. But then... Well, that, that sounds you, like a leadership issue, though, Matt. That sounds like whoever was in charge of the youth group. I'm just kidding. I'm totally bragging. <laughs> I know you're not. And I knew you're kidding. <laughs> no, the you know, and then if you if you tell the youth no activities, no sports, no balls, or whatever, so that you know you protect the space for the re- the rehearsal. wedding reception, and then yeah. they all hate the, the the sanctity of marriage because of it. Yeah. Marriage is the reason why I can't have fun, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you you mess up one group, you know, and you hinder one group for the whatever the of the other, and so that's uh, managing a space like this has to be really hard. So. And that's one of the things we're talking about is how do you navigate all of that? What, are, what is the use of space? Go on. I want to start with the sanctuary because I think that types of spaces, you, you mentioned mixed-use space, and I believe there are a number of types of spaces that are good to go. But there are certain ones that I believe are off-limits. Matt? When you say sanctuary, I want you to define that because different people, and maybe they use it incorrectly, um, but when I think of sanctuary, I think of that extra step above you know, where the communion rail would be. You know what? You're right. So I mean the church proper, right? Okay. So the this worship is where... building, where we're like, when you call, because you didn't, I know you didn't want to call it the church because the church is the people, right. you know? <laughs> so, so what's the word you want to use right. for the building that we worship God in, that we celebrate the Eucharist in? That's what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of places build that building with rooms attached to it that they use for multi-purpose. But I'm talking about if you're sitting down and you're listening to the homily, where the where you can from where you can see the tabernacle candle lit. Yes. So that is a sacred space. That space is set apart differently, and so I'm okay with that space being used for quote unquote multi purposes, so long as they fall into a very narrow kind of um, scenario, right? So mass and worship, perfect. Parish missions, right? A speaker. Seeking to inspire towards God? Yes, that's also okay. What about um, a Knights of Columbus meeting? No. No. But a men's day of prayer hosted by the Knights of Columbus? Yes. RCIA talk. An RCIA talk? Yes. I would be okay with that. The the talk and or teaching portion of a youth night? Yes. So long as you're not doing, you know, a pie in someone in the face or things like that. So you would have to adjust... Yeah. your ministry style to reflect the space. Yes. Which is <laughs> totally, totally common because when you walk into a, a room and you're like, oh, there's only 20 chairs and there's 30 of us, you don't all of a sudden say, okay, you 10, we don't like you, so you sit on the floor. It's everyone sits on the floor, you know? Yeah. 
So sanctuary, I believe, or sorry, not sanctuary, but the sacred space <laughs> is okay. different. There's also other things like chapels, like adoration chapels and things like that, where the space usage is going to be very specific to that. But go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, there, you, there are exceptions here. If you are a very small mission church and you have no other buildings, all you have is that single worship space, you're going to hold meetings there. <sighs> I, I want to give pushback on that. So you say build a building or meet outside? I would say hunger for uh, the appropriate space instead of using a sacred space inappropriately. Yes. And that would and, and so that would be the goal. But in the meantime... In the meantime, these, these if, if you're that small, then someone has a living room to accommodate the four people that are gathering. <laughs> you, all right. You're, you're, yeah. That's not necessarily true. I mean, you could be that small. <laughs> if you and guys could see his facial expression, his facial expression just said, you idiots, your myopic <laughs> view of small churches is ridiculous. <laughs> That's what it said. Okay. I still I still stand by the fact that I don't think we should have business meetings uh, next to the tabernacle. And, and I, so I would agree that most people don't necessarily see that space as sacred as they should. And so they will, um, I don't, I don't want to say cut corners, but they'll make exceptions more than they should. So there's a parish in our area that built their multipurpose space first. And the big room they use, which will eventually get turned into an education center and uh, divided, the big room that they use is their temporary sacred space, right? That's where they gather. So they're basically having mass on the regular in a, uh, in a, in a gymnasium type of scenario. It, it looks fancy. It looks, uh, they, they definitely elevated it because they knew they'd be having mass in there for a while. But um, th- that, that, there's a difference there than if that was their final sanctuary landing. And so they do. The closets where they put the chairs, they pull the chairs out of, and they use them as classrooms for the RE, for the religious education, the faith formation that takes place. So I can, I can see your point in, in that one, and they are a smaller community. But, I mean, but that's just it. What you said is that it, it was opposite of what I said. You know, instead of building the, the permanent worship space first, they built the you know, permanent hall first. And used it as for worship. Yeah, which I find more appropriate. Yeah, that's interesting though. That, but and that it, may be that may tie into one of the things you wanted to talk about today. You know, being community centric. You know, because that's one of the one of the reasons why this topic came up is what are we focused on? Are we focused on the the community or are we focused internally? You know, and by right. by by building the parish activity center first. You're, you're focusing on the community in a way that will then... Anyway, go ahead, Chris. You, you wanted to introduce this. The church exists to evangelize. Do our buildings reflect that reality? Yeah. Now, we got the elephant in the room out of the way. Our sacred spaces are meant to be sacred, and that's kind of the exception to it. But the majority of the churches that, uh, that, that we all participate in don't just have a sanctuary, don't just have a, a, a worship space. They have other spaces, and 90% of the time, those spaces remain empty, right? Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, busy times, and then a couple other nights a week. But during the daytime, most of the time right after school, some key times on the weekends, right, depending on on what what are the happenings, um, these spaces are empty, and I can't help but wonder if we are missing a colossal opportunity 
to serve our community, right? And so Boom. there was. Look at that. Did you do that yeah. on purpose? No. Did it Oppor- rhyme? Opportunity, community. Nailed it. Dr. Seuss, thanks. <laughs> Sorry, I derailed your thought. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I, there, there was a video that was recently posted by a couple of Protestant guys that are talking about how to create spaces for this for this very purpose. And they, they said, instead of building the church with the, the faithful in mind, what if we started building our churches or our church buildings with the community in mind? So... What is it that's going on in our community? Is there a place for, for teens to gather after school that is safe, right? Is, and what are some of the issues that are taking place in our community? Is there a need for a, a, a resource center to be built into the very structure of our buildings? Um, to look at those things, and he talked about this win-win-win situation. So they're largely, these buildings are largely empty, you know, um, aside from a couple key evenings or a couple key days uh, of a given week. And he said, if we can go ahead and find people who are going to rent out this space, even if they're rented out at a discount to beat any other renting that, that takes place, then we win because we get some money as a church community. And that's, that's good stewardship, right? They win because now the community has a place that they can gather and it's up at a church, right? And then the third part is, is that we also win because it follows the mission to share Christ to the ends of the earth, to serve others. And our spaces, not just our, uh, our parishioners, but our spaces can serve others as well. And so what can we do to rethink that? And I want to give, uh, I want to give uh, one example. Um, our parish here, uh, we, gave, we have this beautiful building. It's called the Parish Evangelization Center. Okay. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, we got a teaching and formation and, and all these different pieces. And our pastor um, allowed the Round Rock Police Department, when an officer was downed, and he was downed, uh, hit by a car, and then he was really on ICU for like seven, eight months before he finally passed away. But his, his funeral reception was hosted at this evangelization center. Um, and so there were... Literally hundreds and hundreds of police officers in our parking lot. I pulled into work that day and I, whoa, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> what is happening? You know, but but it was an amazing thing, an amazing piece of service to the community um, that that didn't have anything. It, it was it was not a Catholic burial. It was just they needed a space to go ahead and gather afterwards. And I believe that that was one of the key and most clear times that the Parish Evangelization Center was doing the type of outreach evangelization that that building was built for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. For a, for, for a non-Catholic, for a community of police officers who may or may not believe what we believe or share our beliefs, nevertheless, we were able to serve them and give them a, a, a space to honor the life of a fallen uh, officer. Was there a, a chance for the parishioners or volunteers or staff to interact with those who came? Oh, absolutely. So we set up, we worked with the, we, we worked with the event planners to make, to make this a, a great event, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the building itself, you know, there's a crucifix in every room, you know, and, and <laughs> you can't drive into our, uh, our campus without seeing the amazing church. Like that, I believe that art and beauty speak for themselves. And while I believe there's always room for more art and things like that, I think some of the most beautiful pieces of art are beautiful structures, right? 
And so, and that was thought of. So our buildings complement each other on our campus, mm-hmm. right? And so all of it ultimately leads you to uh, seeing our, our church, our sacred space. And even if you don't go inside, you can recognize God's glory from just looking at it from the outside. And I believe that that is some of the groundwork for evangelization. Yeah. What was in? So I'll, I'll rephrase my question. Was there a way for the regular attendee of that service just to like see a parishioner or a volunteer at all? Like, did you have anybody welcoming people in or anything like that? Um, or was because it wasn't y'all's event, you kind of stepped away from stuff like that? I, I believe the answer is yes and no. So we did give them the space and the freedom to make the event their own. Um, but I do know that, that our team was all hands on deck to make that event a success. Cool. No, I, I'm just, the reason I'm asking is when, if you, and maybe this is, I don't know if it's manipulative or I don't know, just the wrong use, but if someone rents your space or if you offer your space for free and you say, that's great, we'll have a team just welcoming people there. And that's all they do is say, Hey, welcome to St. Williams. And that's it. Right. Um, and just a, a friendly face and a, and a handshake um, adds a little bit more person, I guess, uh, community aspect to it rather than, and I, and I agree, seeing the building, seeing the beauty, seeing it all connect is something that they hadn't seen before, some of them. Um, but having a, a person to interact so with. So a hospitality minister to kind of give them an on-ramp, not just to the space, but also to kind of the vision of the parish. Something like that, but and you don't, but you don't want to have people out there saying, "Hey, you want to become a member of St. Williams?" You know, because yeah. nobody's going to rent your space or want to be there because then you make it awkward. Yeah, you know, it's getting invited to someone's house and all of a sudden someone talks about a timeshare, yeah. <laughs> right? And so Tupperware you got to be you got to be careful with that. Essential oils. <laughs> so it's got to be it's got to be the right it's got to be the right person and it's got to be the right vision in regards to that ministers of hospitality. But I guess what I'm saying is the space is also hospitality. Yeah. And we yeah. talk about people being hospitable and people welcoming. But if they haven't felt welcome, I believe that someone goes to Mass and feels comfortable after they've been on campus or on, on a, a parish's kind of property more than a few times. Yeah, yeah. Right? You can't. You can. You absolutely can. But it's hard to go ahead and say, hey, come to Mass. Why are we standing, sitting, and kneeling? You know what? Let's just get comfortable with being in community with each other first. And here's all these other opportunities in all our other spaces. And now let me give you a tour of the church when no one's in there. And then why don't you try coming to mass with me at that point? I believe that that's how a campus is made and built to point towards that conversion moment. I don't know if we're doing that most effectively. Yeah, I know. I, and, I agree. The, in uh, every empty space that exists, whenever there's a uh, a, a homeschool group or a, a a mom's group that has to meet somewhere else or at a coffee shop or at someone's home when a better space is available at your local Catholic church, we have missed the mark. Absolutely. Yeah. If we make that, if we make it so hard to use a space for parishioners to use a space or whatever, um, then yeah, we've definitely missed the mark. And now there are, there's a stewardship piece on the other side as well, Right. So what if it's, uh, you know, people who want to practice tagging, right? Graffiti. They're <laughs> artists. They want to do graffiti that glorifies God. And they're like, can we please have a wall of your church or a wall of this building to practice on? Well, I don't think it would make sense to say yes 
you know? <laughs> like, seriously, we had a Christian graffiti artist come out to our youth group one year, and it was awesome. We got we got some, uh, a big old, what was it, like a, a four by eight piece of plywood, and he decorated it with his art, and he talks about how he goes to different communities and does that. But he had to practice somewhere. Mm-hmm. He had to be given an opportunity somewhere. And I don't imagine that uh, it was a church that said, hey, come on to our campus and just practice on our <laughs> walls. <laughs> and, and so that, that, that goes to, you know, well, what about if it's, it's moms and they're bringing their kids, and one of the kids spills a sippy cup of milk or something like that, and the next kid comes, slips on it, and breaks their arm. Then there's liability that comes along with it. So what does proper stewardship look like in our culture that's quick to sue and slow to forgive? Yeah. You said something before this episode began that really made me think. We were talking about youth groups and, and how you know very often youth groups will do damage. And you talked about how a, a, a dodgeball you know, made it to the ceiling and broke a tile. And, and like, I, I, I will say, if you have tiled roof in a gym, stop it. <laughs> like, tiled roofs should not exist in gyms, you know. Um, anyway, so... And well, the, the, yes, but in activity centers, you know, if, if it's going to be a parish activity center or something along those lines where there's going to be wedding receptions, I can see why people would have built them like that. Right now, the, the whole let the, let the air ducts show and just paint it black and kind of this whole minimalism type of architecture is very popular, very trendy, and, uh, and, and, and I believe long-lasting acceptable to those who are getting married now. Yeah. But, you know, but even just as quick as 15 years ago, that, that'd be insane. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what, what if you have a multi-purpose space that can also have a volleyball net or a basketball hoop as well as a wedding reception? Things are going to inevitably get bumped or dinked. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be like, go back to the whole use of space and, and using it, you know, you said that the pastor's response was great. That means our space was used and he was actually happy that, that, that the space was being used. And he said, and we'll get it fixed. You know, whenever we get a lift to do some other stuff, we'll get that fixed. And, you know, if anybody complains between now and then, I'll just tell them that our, our space was being used and that's a blessing. Right. And that's, I feel like maybe that's not rare, but what, like if the, whoever the guardian of the spaces is, like whether it's, because it, like I've worked with religious sisters who are the guardians of the spaces, business managers, priests, but typically when they're the guardian of the space, that's not the, um, the attitude that we get, um, you know. And, and I think there's, there's a difference between stewarding the space and protecting the space. And I believe that uh, protecting the space is a piece of stewarding the space, right? Yep. But maintaining the space is also a piece of stewarding the space. Yep. Literally, if a wall gets scuffed, we're talking like less than a dollar worth of paint. Yeah. Now, we are talking about labor, and there's those costs as well. But I'd rather have to repaint a wall once a year. And, and, and eat that cost or invest that cost or work that cost into the parish budget, then prevent youth or prevent children from being able to have their vacation Bible school decorations up somewhere, you yeah. know? Yeah. Now, with that being said, whenever I see duct tape on a wall, oh my, my heart, gosh. like, breaks. Like, painter's <laughs> tape works just as well to hold up that flyer. I don't know why there's duct tape on the wall. Like, it just invest in some blue or green painter's tape and you'll be fine. So there is part of me that sees uh, abuse of space happen, and you have to risk that when you're unleashing the space to a community. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and whenever you are in charge or whenever you're given a space, if you want to be given the space again, you know, be a good steward of that space. Now, I mean, obviously, depending on the group, you, you can't just shut down every single possible activity that could possibly, you know, damage something. But if, if you do damage something, like step up and, and say, hey, you know, and that's exactly what this minister did in the scenario that you told me. She went directly to the pastor and said, hey, you know, we were playing a game, ball, a ball kind of went wonky and hit one of the tiles and broke it. And, and so she went straight to him taking responsibility for it. Yes. Very, way too often, and I'm, I guess I'm talking to youth ministers here, but maybe this, is, this applies to every single person who has a job out there. You know, very often we'll, we'll damage something and then try to, like, we might forget about it, which is real, but we, sometimes we try to hide that it even happened you know, or ignore that it even happened and maybe they won't notice. And that's not right. That's not, I mean, doesn't matter what job you work in, that's not right. And now we're stepping into another realm and that's, that's where we believe, sometimes we believe the lie that if we share it with someone that all of a sudden they'll look, uh, uh, they'll look poorly on our ministry mm-hmm. instead of recognizing, you know what, like we're all in a team together. This table got broken or this table got damaged. Like we want nice tables for every ministry, including yours, which means we need to fix this table. Mm-hmm. Don't just hide it or anything along that line. Share it with the team, knowing that the team is there to help you be successful and you're there to help them be successful because that lack of trust leads to that type of tension. And so healthy conflict, my friend. Yeah. Healthy conflict. Well, what One of the things you're saying, which I think is kind of interesting, I hadn't thought about it this way, is... The more you allow your space to be used, the higher your maintenance bill needs to be for that building. Right. In, in a way, you know, and, and like if, if you decide to let it be used for um, taggers, for spray paint people to, to you know, practice, practice. Yeah. then your maintenance bill is going to be really high, you know. And yes. so I think you're going to weigh the, the, the pros and cons of all of them, and you're going to reach this middle point. But you, you have to know that okay, we're letting people use the space. We are going to have to spend money on maintenance and it's worth it because this ministry needs to be done. Right. So that's the thing that drives me nuts, okay, is I see a number of parishes out there that have empty spaces. So they're not using it for anything because they're protecting it for something else. And what is that something else? I'm not sure if they can define it other than they just don't want it to get messed up. (laughs) Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone 2 talked to this old bird lady that lived in the park and he said i regret my rollerblades that i got for christmas five years ago she's like what do you mean and he's like well i didn't want them to get scratched or scuffed so i never put them on i kept them just in the box and i would look at them and was so glad that i have these rollerblades and by the time i finally worked up the courage to try them on i had outgrown them Mm -hmm. i see a lot of these churches we're going to outgrow the need for these this space by undergrowing by dying out that's what what i'm saying we are we are not outgrowing it we're like we are we're gonna we're gonna miss the window maybe that's what i mean we're gonna miss the window the time window to be able to use these spaces and i'm telling you if we can use these spaces to make the community feel welcome then they'll come and guess what will happen when they come on our campuses god shows up as well right because god is clearly welcome on our campuses and conversion will take place and they'll start showing up on sunday mass not all of them maybe just five percent of them but if 5% of them start showing up and 50% of that 5% start tithing, then we'll have more money to repaint the walls. Yeah. And if, and if you're, I mean, if you're using the space and 
opening up to more, the, the people in the parish are going to come more alive as well. You had said something before, and I don't know if we have time to go into it, and so you can say, Matt, we don't have time. Um, coffee shops, um, other spaces like that, building those into your campus somehow. Yeah, and um, I think I think I've just got to kind of touch on it. There are a couple of parishes that are being built or that are currently existing that have coffee shops kind of built into them, right? Yep. And this provides a space for people to have their meetings or come up and gather, do their work. You know, there's a lot of people that are working remotely. All they need is an internet connection, and the church offers that at the coffee shop, and they have someone that runs it. They have a barista and then a manager that runs it, and it actually turns a little bit of profit, but more than anything, it opens up people to their campus and the huge empty parking lot that exists 90% of the time, right? I love that idea. There's a parish downtown Austin that uh, had some land, and they turned it into a parking garage because they needed a parking garage on Sundays when people gathered at their church, and they rented out the bottom floor to retail, and so there's a subway that pays nice. its lease to a subway sandwich shop. For those who are like, what do you mean a subway? I thought it was a parking garage. Um, mm-hmm. Subway pays its, its lease to the church, and people go ahead and rent out those spaces during, during, the, during the week. And then on the weekend, it's free to those who are attending the church. Um, but I think that that's actually some pretty interesting stewardship. What if instead of renting it out to retail, that we went ahead and managed it so we could affect the culture of the shop or the coffee shop or the store or whatever that existed there and helped use that as an extension of our mission of evangelization. I love the idea of having a a coffee shop as part of the campus of the parish and it being a place where the parish staff, you know, periodically go over there, you know, and spend time over there where you have people from the community that bump into other people that work at your parish. And in that creating that dialogue in a completely non-threatening scenario and or just seeing the pastor, you know, at the coffee shop periodically. Um, they could have their meetings there, different things like that. I, I think that's a really awesome use of space. Now, I wouldn't obviously, going back to the beginning of the episode, I wouldn't do that in <laughs> the, the worship space because that just doesn't make sense. Right. Well, for us. So we mentioned uh, the spray painters, the taggers, right? A ridiculous analogy, but everyone has a sacred, a sacred cow or a sacred thing, right? And so for some, it's a group that a spray painter would be, uh, the spray painting ministry would be the group that stays past, um, uh, you know, whatever time your, your, your team normally leaves or the group that wants to meet before your team normally leaves, right? That could mm-hmm. be it. Um, the group that wants to uh, do an activity that maybe you don't, didn't imagine that space being used for, whether it's uh, a dodgeball game or, um, or a, a worship team that wants to practice, but you've got another group that's meeting right next door and the space doesn't really work because they're too loud. And how do we go ahead and accommodate those realities? All of us have something in our communities, but I want us to rethink the way that our spaces are being used under the assumption that God wants to use our spaces to change hearts, even if they're not parishioners, you know, I, I think that that's a beautiful reality. And this goes, and I've seen it done well with uh, ESL classes um, in, in different things along those lines in regards to helping people um, become uh, American citizens or helping people with a number of other different pieces. You see it with pregnancy resources and things along those. But I think it's also okay if it's just a, a, a city council meeting. And you yep. have a nice space and they want to come up and have a meeting there. I think mm-hmm. that those things are okay. So I want to challenge you, um, especially if you have influence in that area, to, to rethink the space 
and uh, and let us know. Let us know some creative ways that you've seen it done, just like the coffee shop or the uh, the parking garage. Absolutely. So uh, let's continue this conversation online and, and tell us that. Like, what are some creative ways that your parish or you've heard of people using space? Great. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. And uh, you can send your feedback to MLA at ablazeyouth.org and share this podcast with someone, especially, I don't know, parish business administrators, something along those lines, people who have, um, I guess, gatekeepers to the space. And here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and the use of our space. We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you.